welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, and it's a conversation that continues this week with my guests, Brandon McDonald and Tilly Camorni of Home Is Where. A couple superstars on the show this week. The new Home Is Where album, The Whaler, came out last month. One of my favorite records of this year, and they're on the pod this week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to all who are subscribing to the show on your podcast player of choice. I'd like to invite you to visit our website, betteryetpod.com, and check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at betteryetpod. How are we doing today? I'm drinking that Dagger Mountain coffee, daggermountain.com. Follow them on Instagram, at Dagger MTN Coffee, my favorite coffee roaster in the U.S. of A, right here in Valparaiso, Indiana, the home of Better Yet. Since October of 2020, I've been drinking the Giribona, a wonderful coffee from Ethiopia. Light-bodied, taste of cocoa and kiwi. Pick yourself up a bag at DaggerMountain.com. Let me take a moment here to plug my latest web development project, Riffin. Riffin.io. Riffin is a guitar tablature sketch pad built by yours truly, along with a small development team of amateur guitar players who grew up using websites like Ultimate Guitar and 911 Tabs to learn how to play our favorite songs on guitar and bass. We built Riffin with a little more emphasis on the editor. Our custom built editor is sharp and intuitive it's a great way to write out your song ideas and store them safely and securely with our aws serverless backend check it out riffin.io a reminder to you all that i'm a full stack developer for hire better yet podcast at gmail.com or tim at betteryetpod.com to get in touch with me about web development interview inquiries podcast editing you want me to make your podcast sound good like this? Or just say hello. Tim at BetteryAtPod.com. How are we doing, Bubba's? Happy 4th of July to those who celebrate. And a happy sober birthday to me. July 5th marks nine years of independence from booze. One of the best decisions I ever made. I wouldn't be able to do none of this if I was still drinking. And in fact, this podcast was a pretty direct result of that choice. I quit liquor. And I found myself with a lot of energy and need for an outlet. And then, hey, all right, here we are. I know so much has changed. All these premium NAs they got now. I can buy fake beers at the Rock Show now. Back in my day, we had O'Doul's or Sharps if we were lucky or nothing at all. Things are good, Bubba's. My band Dryer had a full band practice this weekend. Tunes are sounding good. We've got an EP's worth of songs. And they all rock. If you thought my field recording kit, which is available in our archives at betteryetpod.com, if you thought my field recording kit was good when I played it, wait till you hear that full band version. Someday soon. All right. My guests this week are Brandon McDonald and Tilly Camorni of Home Is Where. Home Is Where is a band from Palm Coast, Florida, who released an outstanding new record called The Whaler in June past and future guests of this show nina corcoran wrote a great review of it for pitchfork in it she writes good emo music makes you feel their feelings great emo music 
makes you see the world through their eyes. And boy, does this band build a world for your imagination. Lyrically, Brandon is a master of abstraction, beautiful surrealist imagery, and the band has a sonic palette that's continued to expand following their 2021 full-length I Became Birds. What struck me on the whaler was the textures of it, the pedal steel, the tape loops, really maximized production work from the band and producer Jack Shirley, who we spent quite a lot of time talking about. And of course, we talk about Bob Dylan. I was really looking forward to this interview, and I'm excited to share it with you all. Thank you again for listening. Remember to rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. We'll see you again in two weeks. For now, here's me and Brandon and Tilly from Home Is Where. Boy, oh boy. Brandon and Tilly of Home Is Where are on the show. Thank y'all for joining us. Welcome to Better Yet. Hi. Thank you for having us. We troubleshot, got through some technical difficulties. Tilly inspired me to maybe think about going to the gym. She got her workout (laughs) in. Brandon's got a beautiful Bob Dylan portrait behind her, which is exactly how I envisioned this interview would be. How are y'all doing today? It's it's my birthday. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Happy so, birthday. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Um, yeah, so I called out of work so I could that was my gift to myself is so I could have a day off and stuff. Called out of work. Oh my goodness. Do you have plans for after the interview? Nope. <laughs> no, my partner and I were just talking about how we only got like a couple Geminis in our world. Like we know our we know our Virgos, we know our Pisces super well, but then there's Geminis. It's like a blind spot. Is Bobby Bobby's a Gemini too? Oh, okay. May twenty fourth. Oh. You really are, as advertised, <laughs> the Dylan head of Dylan heads. This is all I care about. Can I swear? Yes, you can. Okay. We got the Lil E and everything. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I don't bullshit. I love it. This is, this is my guy. How'd you two meet? You and Tilly, not you and Bob Dylan. Um, Did you meet like, Bob Dylan? <laughs> no, I have. No, no, I don't think okay. I could quit. I don't know. I don't know. That's like only uh, in Brandon McDonald's 115th dream. Uh, First day, kind of nervous. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Tilly, no. Brandon, how did you two meet? We met in kind of strange circumstances. In Florida, there's like a um, like a seaside carnival that happens like every year, and one year I was working as like a carnival barker, and like. <laughs> <laughs> and like and like it was like it was a good gig um it was fun you get to meet a lot of different kind of people yeah and it's cool to like work like understand the like inner workings of like carny culture and um like kind of be on the outside looking in a little bit and but i was barking one day until he really thought i had like like good vocal chops 
and yeah. was like you like and we just started talking about music and stuff and i was like well i'm in a band and like you know this is just like my like my day job and um and we kind of just hit it off from there so yeah, i was just doing like folk punk stuff at the time um, as you do in florida yeah like that's yep there's so many different like like little vinyl and like tape sessions i did where it was like either in a walmart parking lot or like in a in somebody's room where like somebody rips the bong as soon as the recording starts <laughs> shit like that but uh but yeah i don't think that i don't think that like that like carnival or like the boardwalk is even there anymore no one of the uh, hurricanes took it out and they don't really do the carnival stuff anymore because like um i don't know i don't know if it's like osha or something but they got really cracked down there's some stuff I, you know. I heard that they're trying to put back up the ferris wheel though like 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 seriously which yeah. is kind of cool yeah i would like that i liked the ferris wheel the guy who worked it was really interesting I have to imagine, yeah, you would just meet nothing but, I mean, carnies. Actual carnies. Yeah, it's sick. (laughs) And at that time, too, I was was playing in another band up there because I'm from South Florida. So I'd, like, like take a Greyhound. um, So, like, for the first, like, like year of going up there, uh, just take the bus. So, like, it was really weird circumstances in which we met but i was like i was freshly 18 and very very like uh extroverted and naive so uh yeah yeah heard her barking and i heard the call <laughs> now what was your what was your gimmick what were you what were you I barking called it, for? i called in people to see the fish lady oh my god tell me about the fish lady um well, it's even debatable for me if she was really a fish lady because I never saw her outside of what was her costume. Uh huh. You know, she would kind of was like I don't know if she was is like a method actor, but you know, even like after hours, like she would like you know be in like her little trailer and like just hanging out in it, like just chain smoking Virginia Slims and like oh my watching God. like Humphrey Bogart movies on the, like this <laughs> fucking busted out like TV talking about how she used to be some kind of big actress back in the day. And I was like, you need to be at the tent in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. It's the tents that got small. Yeah, it's, it's the ringleader really like the, like the head, you know, the head honcho. I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want to do anything either. I'd rather, I'd like to sit in your trailer and watch movies and smoke the worst cigarettes ever made. But, um, but she's yeah, she's got a gift. She's a she's a fish lady. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah. you did you ever get into like you know sessions where you're like hyping her up a little bit? Like, listen, you're the fucking fish lady. You go out there. You swim. You stand at the same time. Yeah, she wasn't really. She was like she was in a kiddie pool. How have we never <laughs> talked about this? It's like, it's not, I don't know. I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to be. That was like, a dark time, I guess, too. Yeah. I don't want to be known as the, per- uh, you know, I've had other jobs. You know, <laughs> I don't want to just be known as the, the carny, you know. 
Uh, this is going to be the takeaway from this entire podcast. Not Brandon, who's who's made multiple records of of no of critical acclaim, the records that have moved me. But no, we're scrapping all of that. All we're going to talk about is Brandon the Carnival Barker. There, there's a parallel there between between Brandon and Daniel Johnston because Daniel Johnston worked at a carnival oh, yeah. for a while too. I didn't even think about that. That's no fine. fish lady, I don't think. No, he was like it funeral was more, girl. Funeral we were girl. Like for an, sure. It was like an in between like <laughs> carnival circus. Like it was kind of like a throwback to like Coney Island, like kind of thing. Like I don't yeah. know. It was it was weird. That's amazing. I I in in all my years, I can't think of an origin story that exists in like such an Americana location. Oh. Wait until you hear Joe's. Joe's origin story. <laughs> Tilly, uh, let, let, let's start with you a little bit. Where did you grow up? Well, I, I, I come from a place called Stewart, um, which is in southeast Florida. And uh, I refer to as Stewie. <laughs> going, down, going down to Stewie. <laughs> down to the, to the stew. Um, <laughs> but... I I wasn't a carnival barker, but my first job, I was a chicken chaser. So I would tag chickens <laughs> when I was younger. And I was like like 12. It was actually, it was pretty, it was pretty sick. It was, it was a fun gig to have when you're a kid. Um, I was reading that chickens all have just very distinct personalities. Is that what you found too? You found, did you find the chickens to be uh, unique persons? Um... I guess so. it's been a minute. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> it's been a uh, minute since that chased the chicken. On tour, all Tilly talks about is chasing chickens. <laughs> like every time we have like an off day, she wants to find like she wants to like pull over into rural areas and ask like barn owners if if they have any chickens that need to get chased. <laughs> you we can take. Talk, we have you to can talk take every time. You can take the 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 chicken out the the girl, but you can't take. <laughs> it's not it's, it's you can't all... take the girl out the coop that, yeah. that's me oh my god coop girl forever coop girl for life <laughs> for life all right so stewie <laughs> southeast florida mm-hmm. um, yeah it was it was it's it's a nothing nowhere place like like it's cute or whatever but like the you know like uh, yeah, it's, it's, it. it's it's low it's like a, a pretty low income area, mostly a retirement community. There isn't really a lot to do, and most of the people there, like, you're either pregnant at sixteen or you're like on Percocets. Like, like there's just mm-hmm. not really anything to do there. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I don't say that like, like I'm not just like throwing things around. That's just kind of how it was. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Wait, are your folks still there? Yeah, yeah, my folks are still there. Um, they're chilling, but like, uh, yeah, they're they're chilling. Most most of their work is like outside of that area, but yeah, folks, I still got I still go down there every once in a while. Um, yeah, see see my family and stuff. It's a bit of a culture shock to where I am now, but like, and it's crazy because it's expanded so much since since I moved. Um, I moved out in like 2018. Uh, up to St. Augustine because I couldn't resist Brandon's barking. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but yeah. Was there music yeah, it, in the house when you were growing up? Uh, Freebird. Yeah, Skinnerd Country, right? For sure, and uh, a lot of um, a lot of Megadeth too. Uh, which yeah, it's pretty sick. But no, most of my most of my like like knowledge of music is like like because I I grew up Jehovah's Witness too. So like the closest oh, thing I okay. had was like like there's like obviously like psalms and stuff but also like kids pop and shit so yeah yeah (laughs) so it it took a little bit i I was sheltered for a little while for sure like like modest mouse is devil's music type shit Uh, yeah sure no don't even talk about a band called the killers (laughs) and you like yeah we were talking about because we live um close to where uh the jacksons grew up and you ever mm-hmm. see the you ever see the documentary or not the documentary it's it was a made for tv movie about the jacksons that they used to play on vh1 and i just always remember them talking about being jehovah's witnesses and they don't celebrate birthdays and they don't celebrate like, nothing nothing except the nope. except the savior yeah and the fucked up thing is only a uh if I remember correctly, I believe the number is only 144,000 people actually get to go up in the, in the, once the great pie in the sky. Yeah. Once the rapture, I can't remember what it was specifically called. Oh, man, 144,000. It's like, rapture. give up that's right away. Lot. Yeah. That's so not a lot. Yeah. So I started smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck it. I'm not getting in there. Right? Yeah. Fuck it. So how did you, I guess, how did you get into music on your own? Or do you, like, do you remember finding music on your own? Uh, yeah. Um, I've had guitar, I think, is, like, my, like, social, like, crutch. Especially when I was younger for a, for a good while. I got really good at Guitar Hero yeah. um, when I was younger. And then, like decided that that would be my personality and then um started so i went to a few open mics when i was younger and like would bring like a guitar with me everywhere and when i was younger i'd bike to school so i just always my backpack was also my like acoustic guitar case um which looking back is i don't know it's a little like like wes anderson-y like a little cliche or whatever but like it was it was cool i don't know that's I um, don't. I think that that's adorable. Personally, it was fun. It, yeah. I would show up to the school way too early, and they'd be like, "What are you doing here?" And be like, "I'm practicing." Um, <laughs> and uh, would go to like open mics and shit. And then uh, slowly over time, I got absorbed into what existed of DIY. Me and some friends made the only like all ages space in our in our in our town. Um, wow. We it was a PA set up in a head shop. Um, and then we, uh, started throwing, like, shows. They were all into, like, metal. There was some kid with a didgeridoo, and that's all he did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shit like that. But it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, slowly it, it, it evolved into a little bit more, and the open mics would allow us to, to come in, um, even though we weren't 21 and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a fun scene. A lot of a lot of really good emo bands and a lot of really good like post hardcore things that don't really exist much anymore, but um were were super cool. I think uh some of the big ones. Um there was a band called Ghost Cat that was really big and they would like they would like play our that was when we could still play like shows in the hot topic at the mall. And, like uh-huh. <laughs> they played like they played like the release of the first like Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They played like a at our at our GameStop. Yeah. You know, and shit like that. Oh that was my awesome. god, that's so funny. Um just like whatever's available. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird when you're in a small town, it's just like wherever. Like fucking down south, eventually uh we played like trailer shows where we just hitched two trailers together in someone's like yard and uh down in Loxahatchee, which was like a very like farm like uh, rural area um some weird shit happens down in south florida but it's very fun yeah brandon for sure what what about you where did you grow up you grew up in palm coast yeah i lived in palm coast basically my whole life um are you still there no where are you at now uh parts unknown (laughs) um is that an uh, Ultimate Warrior reference? You're in good company on this show. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think, like, I remember that being, like, wrestlers and stuff. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, if, if, it, if a wrestler was crazy enough, you would they would build them from parts unknown. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly what wow. I mean. Yeah. I'm, like, right down the street. <laughs> um, yeah, but I lived in Palm Coast for 26 years. Um, was there music yeah. in the house growing up there's some it was more like a tv house but my parents um were like old school like italians yeah so there was like a lot of like crooner music and then like a lot of country rock like the eagles and um like linda ronstadt and things like that yeah um, do you remember getting into music on your own? No. Um, <laughs> I don't remember too much. I kind of like, uh, I, I think it was Bob Dylan, um, was the only thing I like that, like for music. Cause for the longest time it was movies for me. Yeah. And then when I was 13, I heard Bob Dylan and was like, well, this is it. Yeah. And, uh, kind of haven't looked back. So everything has been in through the lens of like someone who's just like obsessed with Bob Dylan. I was in Florida when I first heard Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts. I remember I was on vacation in Destin and I was just like, oh, shit. This guy, it's true. It's true. Everything that they've said about this guy is true. Yeah, that's a that's a underrated tune. I fucking love that song so much. What's your favorite Dylan record? Highway 61. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite album ever. Like, if I had to listen to one record, that's it. It's the only one I need. Don't my gal look fine when she's coming after me? Yeah, I just watched watched Shadow Kingdom today. What's um, Shadow Kingdom? Shadow Kingdom in like it was either 2020 or 2021. He was there was like a um a, a concert special that he made 
and um, he put it out and it was like very expensive at the time to rent it and i was like well i guess i'm just gonna catch up with this one that like a bootleg of it shows up somewhere and then uh they just decided to put out the soundtrack and the and the concert movie um like you know, a couple of days ago or today or something oh, shit. So, so that was like the first thing i did when i woke up was i made my coffee and, and then i sat down and watched it and it was it was a really it was him doing um his early the music from the first half of his career um, yeah when was it all, recorded i think it was recorded in 2020 or 2021 um oh, one okay of the, one of the people in big thief is the guitarist in that session oh wow was, uh kind of funny um not nothing again i just think it's funny that bob dylan might listen to big thief um <laughs> like just him and his like i don't know We'll he's see. in his mood yeah um <laughs> yeah so that's what that's what i did today <laughs> <laughs> do you ever you ever see eat the document yeah i just i, I watched it again for like the hundredth time yesterday because i there's a, a version of it on on youtube that had extra clips that i hadn't i've seen the clips but not in the context of it being like um part of the original like bootleg vhs or whatever so that was kind of cool yeah i'll have to watch that that version well, it's on youtube sure. the whole thing it's short yeah maybe it is the the one that i watched that because that was something that i w- i think i watched the pandemic like hit it was like all right well i got nothing but fucking time now watch that yeah. that documentary is kind of heavy i'm watching that i'm like man you're about to almost die dude yeah, like it opens up with him like snorting coke. Like that's like yeah. the first name of the movie, and it's like as because that was like how I found out he did drugs as a kid was when I found that, and I was like, oh, oh, oh my goodness! Isn't it so funny? You're just like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe Bob Dylan does drugs. <laughs> and then I'm like, and like, then it, yeah, and then it settles, and it's like, oh, of course, of course he does drugs. Yeah, of course everybody does drugs. <laughs> Um, I love the track on our mouths to smile though. It's like seriously the cutest thing. Which one? Your, your Dob Billen. Oh yeah. 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 I like, I like me until you're trying to work on a a rearrangement of that song. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Kind of a Margaritaville mix. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of put like a little bit of a margarita uh, flair into it. A little bit of chicken fried. um, Cold beer on a Friday night. Yeah, you know that kind of vibe to it. So, Brandon, do you play guitar? Did do you did you ever play guitar? Uh, sometimes um, I know I can I can do two chords pretty good and one <laughs> chord. Great. Hell yeah, you can. Um, yeah, that's twins. That's twins. Yeah, and that's twins. Two chords. I, yeah, I wrote the I wrote the music for Stingrays and, and Twins. Um, I guess when you're getting into music, were you just like, I'll just, I'll just do this harmonica thing? No, uh, what I cared about was the words. I didn't really yeah. care about anything. I thought, I, I, I thought there were enough guitar players. I, I, I knew I didn't have the discipline to, or really the interest to like try to get really good at guitar or any, or like piano or anything. I just really, you know, there's enough people who are like masters and are really good at that. But I really tried to be a, a good writer. You know? Yeah. That's the thing I focused on. So, 
Connor and Josiah, are they also from Palm Coast? Yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, uh, Joe is Joe's from Palm Coast, uh, but Connor was born in Jersey. But they came down to Florida pretty early on in, in their in their youth. Yeah, how did how did Home Is Where start? Uh, it started with me and Joe. I had, yeah. I Joe was in a band, and uh, I was doing like um, electronic music on my own, and like hip hop beats, and just different yeah, just different kinds of artificial kind of music and like logic and different kinds of uh daws and um um i got really sick of that really um because i i like that music but it's not like what i ever envisioned myself like doing forever you know it's like a it's like a cash i'm a casual fan of that kind of stuff yeah um uh, but I, joe has had a couple side projects and uh, i just asked him if he wanted to start a band and uh and he was yeah he was down almost immediately and then trace and josiah were in the ned yeah right yeah they were in the ned i listened to that band that band's good yeah they were very good i i yeah i still um every now and then like um on my like shuffle or whatever the ned will come up and i'll just start like um dancing and like i don't know it just reminds me of being a lot younger in a different time when you started the band, like what, what did you have in mind? What was the idea? I just wanted to write some really. Um, uh, I wanted to write songs that my friends could directly relate to and and be able to dance to and, and scream to, and um, yeah, that that was that's pretty much still kind of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Was there a lot going on locally? Did you have things going on like oh. there were in Stewie, or were you, were you going <laughs> to places like Gainesville? Yeah, I mean, no, Palm Coast. It's like a. It started out as a retirement community, and then families started happening there. So there's like a really weird atmosphere to it. Um, it's mostly old people. Like I was, I'm, me, Joe, and Trace were part of like the the first generation of, of kids, you know, that like were born and bred there. Um, and so there wasn't really much before it. And I'm, there's really not much happening there right now. Um, but, you know, there's, there's always been like, there was like, I remember when I was growing up, there was like scene core bands, you know, like, like just the worst fucking metal core you ever heard in your life. Yeah. From like, Daytona. Yeah. A lot of them were from <laughs> Daytona too. And um, yeah. But like you know, they would they there'd be like spaces like there'd be like you know like youth um, like Christian stuff where like these metalcore bands would play, and like um, and then you know they broke up or whatever you know they all went to college and that was it and so there was like after after like I don't know that that time it was kind of like a dry spell, and like for like Palm Coast is like a scene because uh, there's like uh, a lot of live music but it's mostly like like dudes in like their fifties and like a Hawaiian shirt, like singing about like singing the Eagles or whatever on the pier. Mm -hmm. It was fine, you know, but it's not what we wanted in, in, any kind of connection to at all. So we kind of like the Ned really made it like the Ned started the Palm coast scene as it's like, as, as I understand it, as I've participated in it. And then like, but mostly we would go into like, uh, Joe would throw house shows at his house in Palm Coast, but 
um, mostly we would have to play out of town into into like mostly St. Augustine, like Jacksonville and, and Gainesville and Daytona and uh, places. And yeah, just through Florida, like yeah. Central Florida. So can you, I, I'm, I know that it's been told, but can you tell the story of Connor joining the band so that we have it on the record for... Yeah, Connor, me, me, Joe, and Trace were um, our, our the first Home Is Where show. We didn't have any music written. I had some words written, but we didn't have any. We had just gotten together a couple times, and the band that was supposed to play at this house show had dropped. So the the person who threw the show had heard that I started a band with Joe, or or heard Joe started a band with me and Trace or something. I don't remember. But one of us was asked if we would want to do it, and we were like, "Sure, but it's um, you know, it's just pretty much just we're trying to kill time until the other person was ready to go on." <clears throat> and um, you know, so we all got on on the on the stage, which was just you know in front of the microphones in the living room, and uh-huh. um, and Connor was in the front row drinking uh, drinking a beer or something, and Joe and trace were much closer to connor than i was i talked to connor here and there like and we went to high school together for a little bit and i and i'd see them around and say hi to them but like i wasn't too close with connor but they saw them in the uh in the front and asked them if they wanted to play bass and uh connor uh, a little um a little intoxicated and a little excited went out sure and we jammed for about 20 minutes making up songs on the spot and uh after the set was over we asked connor if if they wanted to join the band fucking wild any of that like material was any of that like did that become songs or yeah yeah it all became our mouths to smile and 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 the first song or the first two songs we played and we made up on the spot are on the internet somewhere um it's not listed as home is where I put it under a different band name and I'll never say what it is. Yeah. But, uh, if you find it and you, and you, and you, and you come to me and be like, this is the first home is where recording. I will, I'll give you something. I don't know. Something for free. (laughs) Who recorded that first EP? Our friend Cole. Um, he was really, yeah. Cole Hellman. Yeah. Cole rules. Yeah, he was really involved in the St. Augustine scene, and um, and he still does music stuff. Um, he did my folk punk uh, record. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that? What's that called? Uh, it was a split with my buddy uh, Sticky Steve, really fast horses, and uh, my project was called Wet Breakfast, so it was called Really Sticky Breakfast. <laughs> it was awesome. Wet Breakfast is good. I like that name a lot. Thank you. I really liked, at the time, my two favorite bands were Wet Nurse, a punk band from Orlando, and Japanese Breakfast. So I thought <laughs> Wet Breakfast. It wasn't super creative, but it was, it was, it was very fun. Um, did, you, did you all tour after the first EP? No, we toured no. before the EP came out, which was a terrible decision because... We didn't have any music. We just had the iPhone demo online, uh-huh. um, and that wasn't. That was just for our friends to listen to. Be like, "Hey, look, the songs are starting to come together," like kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, because the Ned went on tour, and then th- th- they uh, they asked 
me and Connor, if we wanted to tag along and do an, and have home is where like open. And, um, and that happened right around the time we were actively recording our mouse to smile. Um, I think the first time I heard your band was I became birds. I think that's true for most people, but it's one of the funny things is I read that you started working on, I became birds in 2012. Is that right? Yeah, I started working on it when I was like 16. And yeah, how did that start? Um, it's it's a long that's a long story. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was a lot. I mean, there's a nine years worth of yeah of, um, life into it. It just it came from I don't know. It's a it's like a different world to me. It's like it's like talking about like like magic, you know, like like weird, not like you know like. Siegfried and Roy kind of magic, but like more like kind of like esoteric, kind of alchemy like, sort of. Yeah, like where Christian does this mm-hmm. or something? It just I don't know. It just happened, and through you know I'd I'd pick it up. It wasn't like the thing I was working on exclusively for years. Right, it was just always something I, you know, would chisel out here and there, and then there came a period in like uh, uh well right around I started really focusing on it again right when we went on that tour and when we were recording our mouse to smile because um i was thinking practically about how every emo band i really really like you know broke up within like the first two or three years so it's like i have this i have this record in me we have time against us let me get this out now and try to work on it and finish it and then get it done so that we can break up in the allotted time yeah yeah exactly (laughs) But also just so I didn't have to work on it anymore because it was like this fucking, like, like, it was like this thing that kept following me around, you know? Albatross. Like, yeah. You know, it was an albatross around my neck. Yeah. <laughs> I guess where does L. Ron Hubbard fit into it? I'm, I keyed into that, especially after watching, I just watched the documentary about the Duggar family. So, so did my I, girlfriend. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I was Actually, really. So did my therapist. That's like the last ten minutes of our session today. Was yeah, talking no, about Jim Bob. That. No, I didn't. I didn't watch. I can't stomach stuff like that. Um, I can't do it. I tried watching that one Michael because that's what I thought you were going to talk about a second ago. That Michael Jackson documentary about the abuse. I couldn't. I couldn't oh yeah, no, I can't. I can't do that. I get. I cult. It's cults. I I understand where you're coming from. The the abuses yeah but uh um yeah so the scientology i don't know i just really like beck um i was like really inspired (laughs) i was getting really into beck again i was in like my third wave of getting into like a beck Uh around the time i was writing birds and um and because of that i got really i was going through it too i was not doing so hot um mentally so i was trying to i was trying to figure some stuff out and I, and I, and I saw some things in Scientology that I thought were interesting. And I don't mean that to condone it, uh, or to say that, like, I believe in anything from it. I just thought like, it was just fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there's just a lot of things about like the, in, like the, the chaos of its like ideology and its theology that were just like, it felt like the world was like mimicking Scientology. I don't know. 
It's also super prevalent in Central Florida. Like Scientology yeah. is a big thing in Florida. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah the like headquarters is in I think like Lakeland or some shit. Huh. Which is near Tampa. That's an interesting idea, though. the The world is mimicking it. Yeah. It's like we're following. It's when we're following a script of some sort of like how to just become more chaotic and insufferable and just yeah and just disconnected from anything like real yeah that could be real there is that was... like that aspect too of like giovanni rabisi like what's what's going on dude like you're yeah. the best like why why is this happening yeah, at least Beck denounced it. He was like, I'm not a Scientologist. I was just oh, did he? I didn't realize yeah. that. That's good. That's yeah, he good. He did that kind of recently. I wonder if we had anything to do with that. <laughs> I really did keep bringing it up, and I really love Beck with all my heart. I don't even care if he was a Scientologist. Like, If he was like, oh, this is my life. My if, if he was like Tom Cruise about it, I'd be like, all right. You still you made, you made One Foot in the Grave. It's one of the best albums ever made. You made Odalite. <laughs> Like you can do whatever. You made you Odole. You made Odole. Odole. You made, you made mm. Mellow Gold. You can do whatever you want. I like Sea Change a lot too. I love Sea Change. Really? I like yeah. yeah, and I like the sequel record, the Morning Phase or whatever it was called. That was a good one too. I like a uh, uh, Guero Guero. That, yeah. that one. That's kind of where I fall off of Beck a little bit. Like I like I like all, I like all that stuff. I just don't return to it as much as like his folky, weirdo kind of like slacker stuff. That's fair. Till you were asking, Dreyer has a little bit of a Beck influence. A little oh, bit. Sick. The dirty stuff. What was, what was that? What was that tweet? I got two turntables. Oh, I got two turntables and a micro penis. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. I always thought that um, L. Ron Hubbard was way cool. I always thought that that was a reference to uh, King Missile. It is. The, it's the direct. The Jesus yeah. was way cool. Yeah, and and yeah. because it's also referencing Beck has a song called "Satan Was Way Cool," and it's just him parodying, like talking over a recording of the King Missile song with the vocals intact. So no way. Yeah, it's two people <laughs> talking at the same time. It's like one of his like early demos from like the early '90s, and he's just like a fucking kid that like. Just making like Daniel Johnston kind of tapes, you know. Like I that's the that. shit. Like from from Beck is like none of it's on Spotify. Like uh, like don't get bent out of shape or or banjo story or fresh meat and new slabs. Oh hell yeah! It's so good, and it's and it's just on YouTube. I still remember the jolt of hearing assisted Harakiri for the first time. You made that with. Matt Goings at Killian mm-hmm. Studios. The fucking just hearing your voice just I don't know. It's one of those watershed moments for me. Um yeah, t- talk to me about Matt, because I know he also recorded a guilt EP that I listened to today. Yeah, and and he recorded our side of the split with Record Setter. Yeah. Um that's great. Um, Matt's just a sweet, um, 
patient uh, person. <laughs> they're like they've always been really, really supportive. Um, yeah, and it, it was you know it was we recorded it in the room he was like he grew up in, like the house he grew up in. So it was like it was like his family still lives there, but he doesn't. It's just a studio, and it was like I don't know. You could just kind of feel that like. You know, this is somebody's like life happened in this place. Yeah. So when does Tilly join the band? That's a great question. Tilly, when are you when are you when are you gonna finally join our band? <laughs> I was thinking about it and um I was wondering if you could join me. Alright. Tilly Let's in the meet in the middle. Tilly is Tilly is where? Tilly in the home Tilly in the where. Home is Tilly. <laughs> I, I like it. Tilly uh, joined the band in 2021, I think, or 2020. Yeah, that sounds right. 2021. Uh, Birds was already released, and um, I hit Brandon up because we play shows together um, and uh, a, a few times, or at least saw each other a few times and definitely played at least one show together. Um, and, uh, yeah just like i i after birds after no after i think it was the myspace release of uh look at all the dogs what's it cucumber sea cucumber that tune um when that single was released i hit you up and i was like hey if you ever wanted like another guitar player this shit rules um and then sure enough eventually i'll need another guitar player so it worked out real good by happenstance um and then, uh, then I joined shortly after. The first thing I did with with y'all was Audio Tree, which is fucking terrifying. But uh, we didn't record cool. the no, we didn't record the. Did we record the split first, or did we do Audio Tree first? We did Audio Tree first. Oh, okay, I don't remember it like that. I'm, I'm sure you're right. I just don't. It, it feels like we did Audio Tree first, and then we recorded the split shortly after. How, but how, yeah, how does it change things for you? Brandon, you've got a a new guitar player. It was easier. Um, I think me and Tilly had a lot more uh, in common um, influence-wise. Like, we both kind of came up on the same, like, had really similar interests, like, in country music and in, like, yeah, um, like psychedelic, like, like elephants. and sick stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, we finished each other's sentences. Uh, meals. um yeah oh man the elephant six thing like god makes so much sense and and the country stuff listening to the whaler love that pedal steel or is it is it just uh yeah yeah yeah, we were were very adamant about it being specifically a pedal steel i didn't want a lap steel i like lap steel but yeah. Yeah, uh Dan uh from Pong. Jeff Rosenstock's band. Uh and from Zone Stuff. Yeah. Just such a cool dude. So nice. Fucking fucking ripped it. Dude's rock. Dude's rock. So sure. Brandon, you spent nine years working on I Became Birds. It 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 comes out, you get some you get a lot of great um reception for it too were you stressed out about what to do next 
Uh, kind of and not really. Um, yeah. Because I was m- relieved more than anything to finally have this thing done. Yeah. You know, and like I would like to return to it at some point, you know, kind of like how like sometimes like Bob Dylan will rewrite songs like for live performances. Like me and Tilly have talked about that, like rewriting songs to make it more um, just interesting to play. Because I know there's like a lot of people come up to it. Like we don't play a lot of material from like Our Mouths to Smile or whatever, because I've just been playing it for so long. I don't feel like I'm really proud of those songs, but I don't feel like connected to them as much anymore because it's been a really long time since they were written um so like i don't know i would like to return to it or whatever but for this record it kind of it took a while to figure out um i was definitely i wouldn't say i i didn't i had a i was i was just going through a lot and like i was writing a lot and then i wasn't writing and then i was editing a lot and then i wasn't editing and then it just kind of i don't know we really took our time uh with this record like there was like we never really had a moment where we weren't working on something but there was only a few moments where it felt like oh this is done yeah how does the concept of the whaler come to be um what do you mean i guess why why the whale why the whaling imagery why that specific lens uh, it means a couple different things at a couple different points on the record um like uh, i guess in like a literal sense but for me like a whale is like something that's um like he like this like almost like inconceivable because like when you see it like i i mean when you see a whale in in real life um its size like like pictures or like video of it you know it doesn't matter how good or professional it is like the the grandeur of it doesn't isn't ever really captured Mm. so to have this like almost like this colossal like like primordial beast like just offer itself for uh, you know, like uh, that allows you to spill its blood was just something that made a lot of sense to me with the things that were going on in my life and in, and I guess that how I per- perceived the world happening around that time. Yeah. So. You read Moby Dick? No. You should. It's really, really just all encompassing. I was, I, I, um, I probably will one day, uh, but I purposely tried to not, I was worried about the, it coming off like a, like pirate music. (laughs) I didn't want to make sea shanties. Yeah. That's a, that's the next record. (laughs) For sure. I got very excited to see Boreard in the bio. You read Simulacra and Simulation. Um, that's a huge part of this dude big yeah. fan yeah i was really i liked that i was really inspired by the spirit of terrorism and um and america that was the those were the two things that really really popped for me with him i like simulacra and simulation as like an idea but i don't like the writing in the book it didn't wasn't really um anything i kind of like gravitated towards or maybe it just had to do with the translation maybe in french it's it's like it 
comes across better. But. I, I think that's going to be like, it's dense no matter what. It's, I'm yeah. reading, I found a lot more joy in reading about Simul, you know, reading about what he writes than what he actually, like the actual text is like dense and it looks- makes it feel terribly dumb. I completely understand. And I'm, that's how it is with me for a lot of philosophy, especially when it comes to like more classical or like traditional, because I'm not going to read Plato. I'm sorry. I don't care. Like um, I'll read, I'll get the gist of it, but like I would Baudrillard and like, and like Deleuze and um, um, even some of um, like, like Mark Fisher's stuff. Although I I really, I like his, I, I really don't like Mark Fisher as a writer, but I like I his ideas. Mark Fisher. I came to Beauregard, um I guess like when it stuck for me was like reading essays about Don DeLillo's white noise. And yeah, that the idea of the world and more and more information, less and less meaning is yeah. fucking truth. And it is, I mean, the way that you use nine eleven in the in this record. I mean, especially now, just to like date this conversation. Um, you know, we've got smoke coming from Canada, and New York looks very, very hazy and very scary right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I really fucking related to it, and it's like it's all it's always like. It, it can be tough to, I guess, insert like that kind of academia into uh, music and expect it to like not come off. Uh, I don't know, kind of up your own ass, but it works. Well, I'm not an academic. Yeah. I'm a college dropout. I um, <laughs> I I read this shit for fun, and I don't even I don't have like a um a pedigree or like I you know I don't really. Uh... I was speaking more in the terms of like you know. Oh, for We're sure. Like, the, yeah, yeah. There's definitely like some music where you're like, "Oh, they read Nietzsche and wanted mm-hmm. to make a record or something." Where it's like, <laughs> I was already writing the record when I was like, I was familiar with these ideas, but I never really explored it because I always found it. I don't know. I thought it would be like um, counter-revolutionary to even consider postmodernism as like an idea. Um, but yeah. I, the more time goes on, the more that kind of shit makes sense to me more and more. Yeah. You worked with Jack Shirley for the Whaler. Um, how was that? It was it was the it was great. Um Love Jack. Yeah. What records was, of Jack's made you want to work with him? Sunbather. Yeah. That was the Sunbather for me. And it's crazy that it's coming at like it's been ten years since it came out. Yeah. Um, and then I also really like um, you know, worry, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I really liked what he did with Loma Prieta. Yeah, and, uh, dude. Especially the most recent Jerome's Dream record, which I think is like oh, yeah, one of that. the best screamo records I've heard in years. And he did. He he was kind enough to um, show us a sneak peek of a of a song on it when we were there. And I like like sh- like I don't know. I kind of lost. I got like emotional. Oh was, wow. Because it was not because of the song, more or less. Like the song was great, but like it was just pretty surreal to be <laughs> in the studio of the only living producer I really give a shit about. Yeah. As like as like an artist, like there's like good producers out there, but I don't like Jack's the only person like I looked up their like discography and checked out like 
records just based on the fact that he there's only like the only other person i've done that for outside of like hip-hop was would be like phil Spector, yeah or like um uh like uh like bob johnston who like produced like a lot of uh i was gonna i was gonna say what about bob johnston bob johnston's great he can really capture a band um i love that joyce manor record that yeah jack did of all things i will soon grow tired yeah yeah, that's I my favorite. That's still yeah. their, that's still my favorite record of theirs. And his his work in Comadre too, uh, yeah. Comadre rules. Yeah, I, I I had a like, uh, I've listened to that band a handful of times, but I liked it when I heard it when I when I was listening to it. But I read it so quickly, I thought their name was Comrade. So I came in and I was like like talking to him about all the stuff I liked that he did, and I really like Comrade. And he just like kind of looked at me and was like, "Oh, Comadre," and I was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> i like and it he was like get about- out go back to florida no he said it and yeah he was yeah it was kind of funny he was so nice he was very kind he's so chill like genuinely very uh very open to how unprepared we were to be in a studio of that magnitude is that true you were unprepared yeah yeah, yeah totally to a certain extent yeah like we had well we just we weren't aware of the resources that were that once we got there, there was so much, there were so many things to experiment with and things that we didn't know that we could work with. And there was uh, like the, the skeletons of the songs existed and like we had melodies and we played a few of the songs a handful of times in different versions while like playing, like touring um, would try out the songs every once in a while. But like there was, just a lot of stuff that came to fruition there and couldn't have happened without, without, without having that space to be able to experiment. And also um, there's some, there's some tunes like the second track on the record, uh, Lily pad. There's um, the end piece is entirely like that was improvised and felt out then. And uh, it was, it was kind of written if if you consider it was we played it about three different times and then after each take was like okay let's discuss what we can do with that and then the third was the the third was the final take and then uh it was it was it was set um but there was a lot of uh and a lot of like organ like we never thought that we'd be i had organ in some of the demos but i'm not like an organ player uh-huh. And uh, but with Brandon and I sitting behind the the organ that they recorded, fucking staring out the window of your old apartment, like yeah. you know, playing that organ, and it uh, was it was such a magical feeling, and us just uh, being able to write with that, and it was um. So I don't say underprepared in the way of saying that like we. You, you know, just had knew, space, and you yeah, had... it was it was really cool. Yeah, and to be fair, we didn't know we were what we were getting ourselves into. Like, we're not like super seasoned like that. So it was like an absolute honor to work with somebody like Jack, who was uh, very patient, which was super cool. And also, like, we would say something and be like, "Can you make it sound like this?" And then he, like, like with like Nashville uh, skyline, you yeah. were you showed him a few and. It was like country. Uh-huh. I said yes. 
uh, he was just down. He was down for any idea we had, which was really cool. And it wasn't like a dismissive thing. It was just like a, okay, here's yeah. how that's possible. Yeah. And oh that was man, cool. that's so neat. That's just like, yeah, that's what you dream of. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of surreal, especially because the place that we were staying with was uh, fucking like we were saying. OK, so like it has nothing like it was just the Airbnb that was booked was very shitty. Uh-huh. It was uh, it was in like a hostel type thing, which is that's fine. It's whatever. Like whatever. I've stayed in punk houses that were significantly worse, but. More so, it was just, like, our our place of solace that we got to be in was, uh, we were guests to ants. Like, the oh. ants lived there, and we were, we were their guests, and their food was, well, our food was their food, and uh, just, there were so many ants. And, and then, also, it was very small bunk beds. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. And like one lamp in the corner in this fucking like closet of like broom closet of a room. Oh my god. Um so most of the time we just stayed at we just stayed at Jackson like just like took showers there and just like hung out and was like can we can we please stay? He'd be like okay, we're all done for the day or you know, we'd finish up early and be like can we please just like can we please just stay? <laughs> and cook our ramen. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's such a great pairing, just, like, listening to the layering on songs like Skin Meadow and, yeah, just the last minute of that when it just, like, gets so big with all the guitars and the singing saw and the horns, just super cathartic. I was going to say chaotic, but... There's... Yeah. I'm glad glad you had the opportunity to listen to the the record. Um, I listened to it many, many times the past couple of weeks i have to say based yes i can't can't wait to listen to it (laughs) some of my favorite parts are like at the end of tracks like you were just talking about with uh lily pads but like skin daytona 500 just like hearing those loops and like the sound of breaking glass it's it's it all felt like so deliberate too yeah i think we inhaled I think we inhaled like a dangerous amount of micro glass fibers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like for sure. Bunch of fiberglass. Cause we went, we went to like, we went to like a smash room and like some, some, it, it looked like an abandoned building. Yeah. It was, it was just two dudes high off their gourds watching American dad. And like, yeah. they would like polish off a bottle and then give us the bottle to like break. Yeah. Like, like, cute. Like when we got there, there was like, there was like a good like six pack of Coors Light, and then by the end we had smashed all those bottles, yeah, which was pretty based. Uh, they were, they <laughs> were, yeah, they were was, a fun group. Yeah, there was like strange murals to like gray aliens with like human genitalia. There was um, one of the dudes kept trying to offer us bananas, but they were like really brown bananas, and yeah, we kept declining it. Um, they didn't have a bathroom so they just told me to go out back for real and um and then uh i don't know they were just that was a bizarre night 
Yeah, it was a crazy night. That was that was the night where we thought we there was a um, there was a creature outside of our um, oh our, shit our, our Airbnb or yeah, like it was it was pretty weird. Joe had talked about it because Joe and Tilly and Connor got to Oakland a couple days before I did because I so just, it was like slightly outside of Oakland too. It was like a weirdly like. It wasn't, I, I, I guess it was like rural for, not not rural in terms of like, there was still city, but it was kind of like outskirts kind of near yeah, like a highway. Really, it was um, like, it wasn't on the map. Like we had like a really hard time trying to like pin down. Oh, I remember you guys telling me how much of a hard time y'all had to like finding the Airbnb. It was weird. And um, yeah, there was like, like weird stuff around it like weird like residential like there was like i don't even know if they were like businesses or like they looked like old churches but it didn't look like there was any kind of god stuff happening but yeah there was joe had told me and buses and where like school buses and it's like there's nothing here why are there school buses here? like where do they go what do they go to it, it yeah. was just very interesting it was it was, it was strange when I got there, Joe was telling me because Tilly and Connor usually fall asleep first. It's usually me and Joe who are up late. And so Joe was telling me he was watching like the second night y'all were staying there, right? Or something like it was like the second night where Joe saw like a figure outside of the window. No, that was the night before you got there. Okay. That was fucked. That was fucked up. It's a figure. Like- yeah, and then and then each of us kept seeing it, like kept seeing something that we kept describing as something weird. But it was I, n- I never did. To be yeah. fair, it was yeah, I guess yeah. Too. Connor, but, Connor, Joe, and I guess I guess you did. But like, okay, I saw something weird when I was out front having a smoke before bed one night. I was on the phone with Haley, and then I saw like, I don't know what it. It kind of looked like swamp thing. Like it was like it was like a swamp monster. Dude, fuck yeah. Like, but there's no swamps around. Like, this is shit that, like, you see in Florida all the time. Like, no joke. Like, it's like... I, I don't know if it was, like, a, like a stress-induced thing, like, from where we were, or if, it's like... But it was... It wasn't... Well, it multiple look... people saw it. It's... Where multiple people were stressed. Oh, that's well, yeah, true. All of us, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of us were fucking, like... You know, like, yeah, we're just trying to make a really good record. We're not trying to think about this stuff. All we're do- all we're doing is we're talking about the record. We're 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 playing the record all day, listening to it back. We come back to the stu- to the uh to the uh fucking what do you call it? The hostel. We listen to the new takes of the record. We talk about what we like, what we didn't. It was all. It was Jack the- would tell us not to. Jack would be like, <laughs> "Stop listening to it. You're gonna hate it." And he was right. Like we hated it. Yeah, it was scary. So, it was scary at first, um, and then all this weird stuff like kept happening, like with like whether it was like the swamp monster or like the stink monster, whatever it was, because like it like it it didn't look human. It didn't look like an animal. It looked like Joe still talks about that, yo. Like oh yeah, Joe's always talking about it. It's <laughs> weird. Well. I feel like it's in the bones of the record at this point. This this is the swamp monster. The swamp monster. It's the subtitle of this record. This record is quite good, y'all. You should be very proud of it. I appreciate. It. We're we're like it's crazy because like I don't know how if this is what it's like for every artist or whatever, but for us like 
if the swamp monster visits every artist <laughs> yeah if, if, just if, before if, yeah if he pays them tribute but like i feel like we're kind of not over the record but like we're already in lp3 mode like yeah. we're we're always just just trying to think forward and like it's cool that we're like here to talk about it and i'm glad that like you like the record that means a lot um and um and um like i know that like we had like it's out already but we're already in like we're talking about something that like we're already it's kind of like it's said and done for us and we're yeah. already kind of like so it's, i wonder if that's how it is for like every artist where they're like they're talking about like the thing that's coming out but their heads are in a completely like different like mindset like because where we're at right now is uh very different than where anything from from like that came about from the whaler really well, that's uh, a hell and- of a cliffhanger, I have to say. A perfect way to leave and to um, get excited for uh, what's to come. Uh, Totes. Tilly, Brandon, thank you all so much for, for coming on. Thank you. This was fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, this ruled. Thank you. Okay.